Hi. Is this the earliest we've ever done a podcast? I think it is. Yeah. It's pretty early. I just, y'all, I just a hot mess. If y'all could just <laughs> see me, if this was a if this was a YouTube channel, y'all be like, what happened? Well, it's early West Coast. Yeah, yeah, it's it's early on the West Coast. And really it's not even really early here. It's just early no. for us. I mean, it's not o'clock <laughs> in the morning. It's like a lot of people have been up for like hours. We're, now not- we're like a morning talk show. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm not good at that. There's not going to be any energy or no. How are you guys doing? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. You're back in Morgantown now. Yes. The background has changed. <laughs> exactly. You went from your parents. Is it a side room now? Is it their office? I feel like when you're home in the summertime. It's technically, it's technically office. It's my office. Oh, I see. Uh, that they use for storage when I'm not there. Yeah, because when you're there and you're not like living there, it's like there's all this stuff in there behind you. Yeah. And then when you're there the, in the, during the summer, when we first started having, you know, when you first joined us, it was like mm-hmm. all pristine and had your stuff in it. Yeah. So that's my indication. Uh, Ian, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm I'm having my coffee. <laughs> We're both having our And coffee. we really are a morning talk show. Oh my god. You're having fresca. Ah uh, yes. I've already had my coffee. Oh. So you did your coffee and then you did your fresca. Okay. Of course. <laughs> and we've established that you put your hand in never mind, we won't go down that road again. <clears throat> Dude, oh I don't wanna I probably have pissed off all of Portugal. I don't mean anything <laughs> by it. I think you guys are cute. Stop it. Okay, so Queer Eye, let's get right to it. Um, I'm going to say that I feel like this is the strongest season ever. I know season one came out of the box. No one knew it was coming. It hit us like a freight train. They went deep in MAGA country and just blew us all away. And, you know, who can forget Tom, that first episode. And you're like, and then mm-hmm. those of us who didn't, I knew Jonathan, but the, you know, the world didn't know Jonathan. And getting to see all of these really wonderful examples of queerdom you know and 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 also them juxtaposed to people of completely polar opposite you know so all of that happened and we were all like wigs snatched and the whole nine season two was not forgettable so much as i felt like it didn't have the same impact maybe because we were looking for that same impact season twos always suffer from that right no matter what you're watching uh, but season three, man, what is it about season three? Is it anything that I watch? Right? I don't know. I've always wondered that. I it's think, like the golden number for any TV show. Right? It is. It's like, oh, I think we know who we are. We've hit our stride. So I felt like this now, was... Do you, do you think that's true with Mr. Robot? Check. Oh, wow. You came at the box of that. <laughs> I haven't had that much coffee yet. I see. I see what you're doing. <laughs> uh, classically, season two has been shat upon... For Mr. Robot, I super loved it. A lot of people felt exactly like what I just said and went, oh, my God, season two sucked. Um, I don't know. That's a tough one. From the cheap seats, probably. But you <laughs> but you needed season two for story building. So I think if it, if it weren't me, everybody else would say yes. But me, I'm saying they've all been strong and come fight me. What would you say? You think season three is like the strongest one? I I think um, I I agree with you. It uh, it was yeah maybe it is the strongest one. 
I'm trying yeah. to remember back to season one. Season one was special in its own way. Right. Like like in this case. Um, but with this one, I mean, I think probably like, I'd say all except maybe one of the episodes, I really connected with everybody. Yeah. So let's get into it. Um, we'll go in order and then we can talk about our faves. We'll just sort of hit these up. But yeah, season three for me. I'll and you know one of the thing, the elements before we get into it is the the guys all know each other, you know. Yeah, this was this was interesting because now, like in season three, now everyone knows what queer eye is because like the first two seasons were filmed in the in the same time. Then they just just sort of staggered how many episodes they released. And but now, like when they show up to someone's house, they like know who they are, like they know their names and everything. So I thought I thought that was that was an interesting element. I quite liked this season too. I think I think I still like season one a little bit more, just because it was so special. Um, but I think I definitely liked this more than season two. A great season, but I feel like I connected with more people in the season. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Totally agree. I really really love the season. I like how they mix it up. They knew that they can, like, get outside the formula. Like, oh, now we're not just, like, renovating houses. We're renovating, like, cabins and, like, restaurants. And, like, yeah, it was it was new. It was great. It was fresh. Yeah, it was. And, and you know, it, it, going back to that point of you nailed it, The we know who they are. Everybody knows who they are. Everybody, because of that first season, tuned in to watch these guys, which is in and of itself a minor miracle. Um, so everybody greeted them like, oh, they're here. You know, they're kind of, they're known. And then on top of that, um, they know each other so well because they are best friends. And when, I think we're finding that a through line for our favorite shows, I don't know if this is true with everyone else, but at least between the three of us, when the team is connected, the, the creative team, the crew, everybody is connected. It translates to the screen in most cases. You know, it's like you can mm-hmm. feel that. You can feel that bond and that warmth and that exudes into the work. So I know all these guys, you know, Tan and Karamo and Anthony and Jonathan and Bobby, you know, they all have a second hand with each other. And, I, you know, if you follow them on social media, you can see that too. They're not just doing it for the likes they really do care for each other so that's awesome yeah um before we before we get into this i i have something like really meta that i want to bring up okay um so this is this is actually just really weird so your guys's queer eye episode of the first season was the first episode i listened to you guys and then your queer eye season two episode is the episode when you said, if you want to come on, hit us up. <gasps> what? And so now here I am for season three. That's, that's pretty that's cool. Crazy. That's awesome. Is it wrong or weird or alarming that I don't remember any of the things that I say? Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to go, how cool of me. But then I'm like, I don't even I don't remember that. So possibly I need to get myself to a, a doctor. Uh, that is so cool. That's awesome. And you took circle. us up on it. So Jody 49 from uh, Hunter to Hunty. Uh, she's this. Pri- that, so we're this season we're in, we're in Kansas City, right? Is it yeah. all of them were in Kansas City specifically? Yes. Yeah. Uh, they didn't go anywhere in Kansas. I feel like they were all in KC. 
Like yeah. they were like kind of they were embedded in Atlanta, the boys, and then they did the shows rating out from that. So we had, we start with Jody, and I quite liked her out of the gate. She's forty nine. She was a prison guard. Uh, she, I'm sure she still is at a men's prison, and she's definitely one of those p- people who I so identify with because. You know, she hangs about home and like her, all of her clothing reflects that, you know, she's, she wears a lot of camo. Mm -hmm. She wears a lot of her husband's clothes. She doesn't own a dress. She's, you know, we talk about the terms feminine in this episode and I want to run that by you guys, but like just to set it up, you know, her husband um, nominated her to the team because he wanted her to like feel herself again. Like She's getting so comfortable in in the fact that now she might be comfortable in her skin, but she's not comfortable in that she's kind of lost mm-hmm. her, what do we want to call it? Not feminine side, but another side of herself. How would you yeah. characterize it? I don't know. I mean, I, I think... Um... I think uh like the self esteem and the and confidence was was an issue she was dealing with, and they certainly helped her with that no, I love the the conversation between you know it's not it's not femininity or masculinity, it's just what a person likes, and that was the thing that sort of echoed through the the rest of the season too, um along with the idea of like you know like you can ask for help and it's okay right um no, I loved her, I thought she was great, I loved the mini conversation we had about like guns and everything. Um, yeah, that was yeah. kind of nice. We were just standing in the middle of a clothing store and it's tan, right? Or yeah, was it, it was yeah. tan and Jody didn't yeah. have a conversation. And what mm-hmm. I loved about it and what I love about this show is that we can talk about these things without screeching each other. We can talk about things that you would think from two different worlds or that we're not from two different worlds, that we can have the same yeah. opinions about something and it not be this like screaming comments page yeah. thing i think that I've, no, I've noticed oh sorry go ahead Ian. i was just gonna say i think that it. i mean the majority of people are are like that we all can have a conversation without you know having one side or the other amplify it and that's what it does people that's what you know these agents do they amplify these things and yeah. then we automatically think that we're having this screaming match when we're really the majority of the country probably is not you yeah. know, I mean, let's just say 2,000 people on Twitter yelling at each other over and, uh, and, and only you're seeing, you know, at any given time, maybe 10% of that or less. That's not representative of the conversations that people are having or want to have about an issue. So what I love about this is that we have this casual, non-confrontational, reasonable conversation about guns. And I agree yeah. with Jody. Like, I grew up with guns. I'm, you know... My politics mostly have skewed to, I guess, more centrist, but sometimes left. And I grew up with guns, but I don't, I also heard her say, maybe I didn't hear her say this, but something about like, we're we're responsible about them. You know, we grew up with training. We grew up with like, someone was always with you. And when you went to a range, there was a range master. I mean, most of the time. You know, but like we had somebody that, and so there's a whole conversation you can have about that rather than, you know, no gun ever. You know, I don't think that's practical and think it's going to work, but at the same time, you know, we can go on and on and on, but we can still, I want to have the conversation about what can we do. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get into that in the next episode about what happened uh, this week in New Zealand. But yeah, I thought it was really interesting that this is what the show does best. This has this, have this conversation. 
Loved it. And I loved her transformation. I, she is a supermodel. You could always tell. Already, Jody is just striking walking around. No matter, She's one of these people. She can wear a paper bag. And she looks gorgeous. And I feel that way about the majority of people on the planet. I don't think, My beauty standards are a little bit skewed because I stopped reading fashion magazines a long, long time ago. And I think a lot of people are beautiful. And I think a lot of us, maybe we're all that way, but for me, I, like, I feel like a lot of people are just gorgeous. They're not, they don't have to be an, in, an influencer or on a, yeah. a show or on a magazine totally. cover. I thought she was gorgeous just out the box. But she was, what these guys did was they take the person and they just, you know, bring out the inner person. She was mm-hmm. Gorgeous and sassy and cute in her clothes. I loved this transformation. So it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, yeah. <laughs> um, I liked her little shoes. I like those comfortable jeans on her. Like tan, like really. I'm really, I'm really, f- I'm feeling him, his styling this season, except for one. One time where I was like, what's happening? Uh, but we'll get to that. And then what he did to their home, like, mm, trans- yes. like, like <laughs> yes. incorporated all of like their, their trophies, the dead animal farm, which I think uh, wigged out uh, Karamo and Jonathan the most. Yeah. <laughs> it was just 10 seconds of them looking around like, um, okay. <laughs> Ew. Jesus, <laughs> looking the very confused. <laughs> <laughs> but I like how... Um, he, you know, put that back into the design. Bobby put that back into the design and and just made it yeah, inviting. Bob, yeah. Bobby did just amazing work this season. Like Bo- Bobby is he, he has always been on it, but yeah, I had to say he's knocking it out the park. This that we season. were talking about while we were watching is like, so what do you think of the budgets? Do you think they've gone up yeah, by a bunch? Budgets? Yeah. Oh, probably. You know, like they're replacing all of the uh, for most of them all of the appliances. Yeah. They got that new, that new, I think I don't know if yeah, it's a yeah, Samsung yeah. Um, refrigerator or what it whatever it is. Somebody they got does. some Samsung sponsors. They, yeah. they don't have the iPad anymore. They got that Samsung tablet. Yeah, and they gotta let you know oh. that they got that Samsung tablet. Yeah, <laughs> they were just like we Samsung in this this season. And then all the all the Lyft cars that are dropping them off. It right? says it right there, Lyft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I like I like that. Uh, I like the product placement wasn't so in your face. And it never really has been. Though. No. Not on this show. No, no, never. No. So, yeah. I was just like, it's popping. Like, what he did to their their house is took it from, like, you know, maybe possibly serial killer cabin to, <laughs> oh, if you're getting murdered in this house, it'll be so subtle and you'll like it and it'll be fine. <laughs> and, you know, maybe you deserved it. It was just, like, really beautiful. and And also... It it reflected Jody and her husband's style, you know. I yeah. liked her and Chris together. How cute was Chris? He was awesome. Chris was. We loved lo- that. He loved his lady. He loves his lady so he much. Like leaves lo- he like leaves notes in her lunchbox when she like, goes to work. Like wow, get me a man like that. Like seriously, we love that. well, I have a man like that. He's but yeah, it's so cool. Did that sound like shitty of me? I have a man like that. No, I have <laughs> like, a good man. I, I don't want to. Uh, I'm sorry. See, if I say that, if I say my man is awesome, then I sound like that bitch. But if I like say I want one too, then he's like sitting right here, going, "I'm sorry, what's happening? Uh, I'm right here. <laughs> I'm right here. I'm still here." <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Hopefully, you guys know what I mean. It's just cute, and I just I loved their love 
for each yeah. other. And then I want to I want to see the movie of Chris and Jody. I want to see like Jody going off to prison. You know, and him leaving the notes in the thing. I want to see her life. I want to see like that show. It's like if Escape to Demora <laughs> was like well adjusted and she didn't help people like escape two prisoners. It was like I was like, oh, Escape from Demora. <laughs> Only oh, <no. laughs> the opposite of what happened. <laughs> oh, this has day. a better ending. It has a tut. Totally better ending. And nobody broke the law. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> no one was killed. Yeah. Um. So now we have Joey Green. That's the next episode with Lost Boy. I didn't know how I was going to feel about Joey. Joey has that look. I've known, I've known men like this my entire life who just basically just, they grow in the beard. They get like the mountain man beard on their way <laughs> to his easy top, but like stopping short of that. And they just like. They're that lanky kind of super skinny dude who just hides behind the beard and just gets down to business. And Joey's one of those pragmatic, no-nonsense, single father guys who's in the – he's a professional uh, camper, a program director at Camp Wildwood. And you're like, what's this going to be about? And I didn't know if, how I was going to feel about him, but I ended up like really like just tears streaming down my face at the end of this one. How did you guys feel about Yeah, Joey? it's like, I really, I mean, what I saw, like, in the, the first part of this episode was, like, just a broken man. You know, yeah. it's just the way he stood, his, I mean, he wouldn't even, like, um, he wasn't even self, you know, facing or anything. He was, he, he just, he, he didn't even have, like, the humor to make him feel better. He was just down. Yeah. And yeah, this the, the, he kind of reminded me of um, oh the Burning Man guy from last season. Yeah, kind of like the you know no form just function. Like he he ha- he says he wears clothes because he has to. Like <laughs> he like needs them to be like functional. Uh, no, that's what he kind of reminded me of. I quite like this episode too. I liked that it was in a summer camp <laughs> yeah um and i had war flashbacks because i used to go to a camp just like that uh, <laughs> what did you think of the conversation in the car on the way there between all the guys because they all go like jonathan is like i got lice i got chicken pox blah 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 yeah. karamo is like ah y'all i didn't go no summer camp and i was I over here raising my hand going i me and karamo came from the same kind of beginnings i was like we didn't go no summer camp and then you got bobby going how oh, my first gay experience at a summer camp and there's all like what <laughs> oh god no oh i forgot to mention but that that opening montage in the very beginning of episode one yeah was hilarious it was <laughs> when they left anthony at the gas station <laughs> i don't know if that was scripted i hope it wasn't because that's just hilarious. I'm gonna believe that it wasn't. I don't care. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna overthink it. And I just loved all of those. I loved like Jonathan trying to play I Spy, and them all going, "Shut yeah. up!" <laughs> They're like, "No, we're not doing this again." <laughs> no, and like Jonathan is me when I fall asleep in a car, then I wake up and I don't know where I am. <laughs> like- <laughs> so, what is your summer camp experience like? What did you? I I went to a 4-H camp that was literally like this like they had you sing songs before dinner you literally had to sing for your meals um they had everything we had like the same fire pit it was it was a little um uncanny um wow but yeah 
I no, I I really loved it. Um, I liked the inclusion of um his son Isaac, and he got a haircut too, and like, um, oh, and they were. Oh, this season made me really hungry when they were folding know, that right? pork butt. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, <laughs> folding that butt. And then the next episode did not help at all. I'm like, I gotta go eat something. I know, like the whole thing. We were like, well, we'll get to that one. But yeah, same, totally same. I, you know, I had to admit, like, now that we're having this conversation, not admit, like, it's not a confession, but it's like, I just realized that I, I have never been to a summer camp. So I think I went to a Christian camp sleepover. That's its own nightmare. I don't remember <laughs> it. I'm sure, I don't know what's happening there. It was a long time ago, but it wasn't like, I guess I did go to a summer camp in a sense, but not the, not this. There's no singing for your supper. There's none of that stuff. <clears throat> the only time I feel like I've gone to summer camp in a way because I've watched so many things with summer camps in them. <laughs> so if you watch sure, yeah. like what was the the Netflix series with it's uh, like Amy Poehler and all those guys. Um, I don't remember the name of it. The one where they're all in summer camp and yeah. it's like the really messed up kind of like <laughs> meatballs version of summer camp. You know, you had which this, was a remake, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, of it was a, its own thing. Oh. And then they had a part do where they're all much older and they do it as the original oh okay it's the prequel it's pretty funny so i I like but i don't i don't have any sense of it i think i've watched so many things and i was just like i really don't have any idea what this is like i wonder Hmm. if i would have liked it i went to i went to summer camp it was like for but through the church right so it was just like all jesus shit you know, so it, <laughs> it was wasn't. Jesus it shit. wasn't like you know. Is this the time where we remind people that you're not listening to the Ashland Baptist? Church? It, it wasn't like you know, like in the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, where they have their camp experience and they're all yeah. You know, well, that's a whole type yeah, another that's level. A, that's a little different. When the Jews summer camp uh, up in the the Catskills, y'all can't even keep up. But this was like all you know. Everyone had a schedule, and you're either going to in your groups, and you went to crafts, and you had food, and you had rec, and then you had campfire and then you had bible stuff and yeah yeah, i'm exhausted (laughs) for real (laughs) that's in one day and then i was and then i was like a a junior counselor for you know like when i got into like high school Mm. oh were you yeah how was that it was all right i mean i just i wouldn't i don't know did you counsel i don't know but what would people (laughs) come to you for no, no, you you were a counselor. You were just you had to watch out for the kids. You had oh, to, yeah, you know. You basically had to keep them alive. You had to keep them alive. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was this one little kid. His name was Ian. I swear to Christ, he was like maybe it was like altitude sickness or something. But this little kid just kept wandering off, and I was like, <laughs> "Where's Ian?" There's <laughs> always that one kid. <laughs> and I was like, I had to tie my something from my like, or maybe well, it was like a string on my my backpack. I was like, "Dude, hold on to this." Don't let go. Wow. Like yeah, I did, a, I did a similar thing when I was in high school because my mom works at a, a secretary as a secretary for, um, like, I, I guess a private. Yeah, it is a private school. Um, and it's a, a Baptist church. And I would come, like, during the summers when I didn't have to work. Uh, so I was, like, 14, 15, 16. And I would come for the summers and I would have like this, the same job kind of like, um, counselor. I'd have to like go on the field trips with the kids. Anytime we went to the beach, it was horrendous. Cause it's always like we had, the counselors had to stand 
in a line at a certain point in the water to make sure the kids don't go back. So it's literally like Red Rover. And if they try to go, you have to like throw them back because like the waves are coming. It's it's a whole thing. Wow. Uh, also why I don't like the beach. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're getting to the root uh, of it now. But yeah. No, I, I feel. I feel. Okay, um, cool. It wasn't it wasn't quite like this because it wasn't like a, a sleepaway cape or anything. It was just sort of a summer camp slash daycare sort of thing. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, when I was way younger, I went to something like this. It was only like like a three-day thing like you'd leave on monday and you'd go back thursday and it was always uh like they had always had like activities like um i know i did like a lot of archery and swimming and my mom would have let me do any of like the uh they had like shooting ranges for like shotguns yeah <laughs> my mom would never let me do any of that uh, <laughs> but i would yeah. that's, that's where i would have been like all day yeah, we had we had like the archery and the BB guns. Yeah, that's where the first time I got to shoot a BB gun. I have to check in. I have to ask my nephew, like what summer camps were like back in back in Alabama. But see, it's like I wonder. It's like <clears throat> what it would be like if it wasn't so. Like everything about this thing was re- religious. Yeah, you know, so like just like a secular. Wonder what camp. that's like. Yeah, with like kids, it's probably just getting up to your no first good. gay experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, <laughs> not always. Unfortunately, Lisa. not. <laughs> I'm trying to figure this out, guys. I don't know. I don't know these things. It's, it's kind of like, like you know, in the Maisel, marvelous Maisel. It's like with a the, where the crew stays. Uh-huh. It's like that. That's like grown up summer camp. Like everyone's just hanging out yeah. and chilling. I wish. I, why am I blanking on the name of that Netflix show? Okay, so. Um, so let's talk about Joey's transformation. I, I mean, this is one of those things where somebody physically just like straightened their body out and stood up tall, especially like, you know, they go through a lot of these, the way that I, I was really cognizant at, at, at this time around, they probably sure they've always done this where there's life lessons and there's time with the Karamo and there's time with mm-hmm. um, all these consultations. And then, then right before the reveal, they go to Jonathan. So a lot of things are taking place. And then Jonathan does that physical grooming and transformation. But he and Jonathan is not just about physical. He talks about self care. He talks about taking time. So he's not just doing right. the the ice, you know, the icing on the cake. But you know, normally this is sort of signaling that's where we were. So when he did give Joey that haircut, I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but in the food truck trailer, after he got his haircut, he leaned back and sat in the chair a different way. Yeah, he was like the way he sat mm-hmm. was like. Totally confident in the moment. His humor was yeah. back. Like, that's the transformation that I saw in this man. Just the way yeah. he immediately Isn't was. Isn't that crazy? Like, how a haircut can, like, completely change how you think about yourself? That's crazy. Completely. And that's why this stuff is important, you know? I mean, I know there's, like, taking narcissism, like, where it becomes narcissism and, like, damaging and unhealthy. But there is something that I was just remembering again about. I let myself go, too. And I'm like... I really should do some – my skincare is, like, non-existent. So I'm like, I really am starting to take messages from this myself. Like, okay, mm-hmm. man, you know, like, really, I don't really believe in self-care for myself. I don't know why. And right now, something kind of crazy is going on in my life, something very, very heavy. So I'm starting to – because I'm not doing anything else right now, but just kind of sitting in this moment. Um, so I'm like, this is – hitting me it's like man you know you need to do stuff for yourself because it i do need a little bit of a boost right now so yeah it took Mm. a lot from this particular episode and 
he went from like being smelly old mountain guy who gets his son every once in a while. His uh, ex-wife lives in another state, so he gets Isaac um, every so often, and he's trying to connect to his son. And, you know, Isaac's at, he's 13. He's at that transitional age. So there's a lot going on in their lives. And I love how the guys created a space for them uh, mm-hmm. to connect. His cabin is like, I wanted to live in that cabin. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was cool. Yeah. Like, not just like made it functional and practical, but made, Bobby makes it beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I loved totally. it. I loved those red, was it red cabinets in this episode? Yeah, I think so. I want to paint our cabinets And then now. Those, those built-in bunk beds. He loves his dark-colored cabinets. I'm, I love it, too. I'm for it. I love it. I love that. That's that's my jam. And the <laughs> modern elements, and then it's also, it's it's not so overly decorated that you can't function in it. Yeah, yeah. You know? There's comfortable mm-hmm. pieces in the middle of that. You're not like, you know, everything's a pine cone. So, Cool. <laughs> And then, you know, we get to see that Joey probably has a, he's a squeeze there at the uh, rolled butt spit. Oh, yeah. She... <laughs> so I'm like, oh, there's, he's not just alone in the world. That's cool. And then he's rebuilding. He's living a sober life. There's a lot going on for him. You were like really touched by this episode. Yeah. I mean, like I was saying, it's like, it felt like early on that he was like, he was paying penance for what he had done in the past and he would not allow himself or even believe mm. that any he he was he was uh uh he deserved anything good. Yeah. It was like, you know, like the clothing thing. It's like, well, I just what he said is like, I'm going to I'm going to be outside, I'm going to be dirty and and sweaty, so why should I even take a shower? Yeah. You know. There's a lot of stuff of like, caught up in that. Just self-defeative, defeating and you know, but the, the funny thing is, is like he he mentioned that you know, money. He's like, I don't want to spend a lot of money on my clothing and stuff. And the only you know the only store that they go to was the one in that episode that I know of, and it's like REI. And I'm like, well, don't take an REI, man. That shit's expensive. <laughs> no, I love me some REI, but yeah, I mean, it's not like I can't even afford the sale days. Yeah, sorry, REI, please sponsor us. Um. I was just like, but, but, you know, he did load him up with some clothes. I mean, that's one thing that he loads these people up with stuff. So if they got, they got a few pieces and then if you get like in kind, you go to a sale, you go to even a goodwill and like you're matching up those fabrics and stuff, you can still, you know, now you know what the shapes are. Now you know what the, the fabrics are. You can then replicate that. So I love that the show's paying for that. Great. Go to REI, get that good quality, get that that style and then yeah like in kinds down the road so but yeah i did relate to that too you know we all mess up we all mess up all of us and to varying degrees depending on who you are and i loved that there was a redemption story in this so this is my favorite episode the next one so man this episode hit us so some type of way (laughs) but i'll get to that so this is mary and deborah jones they're the uh, known as Shorty and Little. So Mary is Shorty and Deborah is Little. So they are in Kansas City. They got this barbecue. And we know Kansas City is known for their barbecue, right? That's mm. probably one of the things that we all know about. Like, you got to come, like, with your A, AAA game if you're going to be, like, making barbecue up in Kansas City. And... 
Mary and Deborah are so like boss at their game that they're I think they're the only two female pitmasters of their caliber. I don't know if that's really I mean I don't know anything about like who's who in, in the KC barbecue game, but I feel like they said that at the top of the episode of like like there are there's not that many female pitmasters out there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they've been at this for how long? 20, 30 years. Yeah, something like that. I mean, they started because their nominee was Azora is, uh, I want to say, Deborah's daughter uh, nominated them, nominated her mom and her auntie to be on the show because they just work. All these ladies know is work. They started this barbecue stand back in the day for Azora's education so she could have, you know, some her schooling, her university and all that. So... They they've been standing on their feet all these many years, you know, running that pit, getting that food out, and they do it all. They do all of it out of this little place. And uh, I know places like this from the south. It's usually family members. It's one to two to three people. And I was very familiar with this story, but these women just like all of those people that I've been knowing my entire life running these barbecue stands. It just this one really touched me because I related to it like so deep and so hard. Like you just you we had these places all over the south and they were special and they were gathering places. Tate's barbecue was in my hometown and the Tate family I went to school with the kids there and you just I can't it's, it's like church. Going there is like such a familiar thing. Do you have this in Morgantown? Do you have any kind of barbecue place like this there? Uh not really. I don't think so. I don't I don't think barbecue is, is like a big thing here. Oh, it isn't? Not really. I mean, I mean I could be wrong. Um I know we like a lot Oh, what is it called? Oh, crawfish. Oh, okay. Crawfish is a big thing. I think they call them crawdads here. I don't I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a term. Yeah, cool. Um but no, like, yeah, in terms of barbecue, I'm not really sure. Okay. And then we, we'll get to uh, to Little and Shorty in a minute, but like you and I were watching this episode, talking about making us hungry. We got so like hungry <laughs> for ribs and stuff that we run, we ran down to Morpheus on Lincoln and got like a big batch of ribs and yeah. a barbecue sandwich. I got a pork sandwich. Like the only barbecue place that we have. On this side. On now, this if we side. went over to Compton, if we went to Inglewood, like, that's probably some of the best yeah. barbecue in Los Angeles is over there. I mean, like, they're probably, well, probably like, starting a war. I mean, I'm sure there's people in all of their neighborhoods in L.A. who were like, back in the, shut up. Back in the day, there was a spot on Abbott Kenny that I used to go to, uh, Glencrest. Glencrest. I've been to Glencrest. And it was good. I mean, yeah. they, would, they would give it to you. It was good. And they didn't, like, I'm not big on sauce, like, just slathering your barbecue with sauce. I want to, you know, put my sauce on it. Morpheus, they just, you know, drench it in sauce. Maybe that's a style. I thought it was good, though. But it was good. It was better than what we had gotten before. Yeah. I mean, everybody, you know. look, I, I said this about barbecue places all the time. You got to go back two, three, four times, especially when you have a small team. Sometimes the meat's dried out. Sometimes, you know, you get a bad batch. Sometimes you're off. Sometimes you're exhausted yeah. from doing this every day. And we got a delivery, so it was like... Well, you got you know. to know that, that the human being behind that, it's not a perfect product. So you have to mm -hmm. go back a lot of times. Don't judge a barbecue yeah. stand by going the one time, right? Or even two times. And last night, you know, Mar it was uh, 
you know, it was St. Patrick's. Patrick's Day, yeah. and you know, there's all these drunk people on the street at Brennan's Bar, you know, running by, and which was like right next to it, right? So, so I mean, I feel like they were like they knew they were going to get a lot of street traffic, and you know, you get mentally in the zone for that, if you know what I mean. So, I think the barbecue was like spot on because they they were going to capitalize on that yeah. that foot traffic, but yeah. So off of my whole barbecue thing, <laughs> and also if you guys have barbecue recipe, if I look, this is how it is: barbecue joints. They don't like they don't just paper the world with advertising. They don't have the money for marketing, and they don't fool with that. They're, the food is good; it's word of mouth. So I'm always wanting to know about a good barbecue place. If y'all got a place that you want to tell me about, also if there's like vegetarian or vegan specials, I'm also down for that. So hit me up. Um, so let's talk about Little and Shorty. They're my favorites on this this yeah, season. Yeah, I'd have to say they're my favorites as well. Hands yeah. down, these two, I want to hang with them. I want to know them. I want to <laughs> chill with them. I don't know if these ladies drink, but I like whatever they drink in with sweet tea or a beer. I would like to sit down with these ladies because they just don't really give a crap when anybody else thinks about them. Mm-hmm. And they already had their built-in self-confidence, and they're already just masters of their game. So I loved what the what the the boys did for them. I loved what happened in this story because not only did they get, you know, a physical boost like here's some t- here's some cute clothes. You're covering up your bodies. The huge transformation with um, with Shorty's smile. They gave her like some new teeth and fixed like her because she would always cover her mouth with her hand. You know, they gave them the physical makeovers that it showed you just how cute they are because they don't have time to, like, style themselves, pull in this. Like, they probably get at the barbecue, like, four. Well, they said nine o'clock. <clears throat> you know, but, <laughs> you know, you get there and, like, you're just cooking all day. And but, like, four in- to start the... Well, I don't know. I think they finally confessed. It was, like, 7.30 to nine when they started, like, up the... Well, Shorty said she gets up at, at four and then Little said she gets up at seven thirty, and then Troy's like, mm, like nine. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fine, whatever. But like, day, you know, I don't know how many days of the of the week they operate. Maybe they just do, you know, five days. But again, just try doing an hour in that that stand, and we'd all be like yeah. appreciating. Yeah. So totally. just they don't have time for this. Is, is I guess my point. And so these guys came along, and Tan gives them a freshener and. Jonathan like gets them a massage and like they they really learn to like love themselves and 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 have that moment for each other and take the time and slow down like stuff that they've never maybe heard you know about like just taking time for yourself so I love that they got that and then I loved this part they bottled their famous sauce the sauce they've been making that their dad had maybe their granddad had this recipe that's been in the Jones family forever they take them to a bottling facility, and Little knows exactly where they are. Little looks up, and, like, Deborah's like, y'all know where we are? Like, she knew about this place and knew that they couldn't, they didn't have the resources to mm-hmm. bottle their sauce. And now the show's giving them this uh, chance. I want to so, buy that. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to. Yeah, we're yeah. going to buy a bottle. We're going to buy a couple of bottles because, you know, I know this about barbecue sauce. You do, too. Maybe you do. But... You know, you get a good sauce. Yeah, and you just marinate it, and then you, yeah, see? <clears throat> you a go on the website, and you can buy it. That's like, you know how people are wine connoisseurs? 
I, I, man, a barbecue sauce. I will judge it all day long. Is it too vinegary? Is it too sweet? Is it too tangy? Is it too? Yeah. That is my, that's my jam. It's one of my favorite things. I love collecting them. I love like other people's take on it. You know, other people go like, I like this. I like that. So this is, I'm all about this. And this has, it's, it's, it's sweet and tangy. I think that's what they're, um, what it says on the bottle. Oh, so does it? It's probably, mm, I love that. I just, uh, yeah, I want to taste that. So what did you guys feel about this episode? What did you guys feel about Shorty and Little? Um, I'm in the same boat. I loved them. Um, when one of them brought out their, their purse and it was a, <laughs> a garbage bag with Ziploc bags in them. I mean, like, functional. Functional. Yeah. yeah. No one would ever think to take that. And then she broke her <laughs> straps on her. Yeah, she broke her straps. Yeah, no, it was great. I it I love what you said about, you know, like, just imagine being in that small cramped space where you know it's hot and your feet are tired and you're doing it also you can put your your daughter through college which is like really i don't know it was heartwarming for sure and you know and again i've known ladies like this they're just they're rare gems they're women who don't the reason that she's got that purse is because she's just got no time for that she's just she goes to work she probably goes home and like Puts her feet up so she can get her rest so she can get back the next day and do it. And, like, they were even talking about how they do work so much that sometimes uh, Little wants to go out and do something. And she'll try to get her sister to go with her. And Shorty's like, I don't want to do that. Like, I just don't. You know, they've just stopped being adventurous. They've kind of. And, again, I took something from this message. You know, I've come maybe a little bit more too much of a homebody not explore. I mean, I lived in one, I live in one of the greatest cities of the world. And, you know, even though you're living on a budget, you can still go out and like peep at the world and see things and kind of get back out there. So there's a lot, again, I took something from each one of these episodes. And from this, I was taking that it's like, you know, you, you don't get so busy that you're not like engaging in the world and, and that kind of thing. But they were so Mm -hmm. cute. I mean, I loved every second of this episode. And the and the um you know the the sense of of community I really got like their 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 family their their tight knit family they're going back to work to help pay for the daughter to go to school yeah and then also it's like you know what the what the Fab Five did was they they in the whole bottling process they brought that community to us yes yes and you know I think you know we were talking about one of the criticisms was like. They're setting these these individuals up to fail. Yeah, to not be sustainable. It's one of the, the dumb critics said this. I made a mistake <sighs> of reading what a critic said again. I always fall for it. <laughs> but what I like but what they did was I just like, saw the headline and I was like, All right. They they short. They both have business degrees. They're they're both know what they're doing. They yes. just gave them the tools. And they it, it seems like they did this with everyone. They gave everybody the They're tools. Giving them the tools to be successful, and in this way, in, in this episode, they gave them the tools to market their sauce, right? To to bring in revenue and maybe yeah. to to hire people and to expand, but but keep it a, a, a community, a small community, but to help them out because they need help there. Yeah, and you know, again, maybe the the selling of the the, the sauce, they don't have to work as hard. You know, that can take some time off for themselves if they don't have the the resources to physically expand because, you know, now that's payroll and now that's, 
insurance and now that's all those things. I mean, like with growth is those kind of more responsibility. You find yourself working even harder when you expand, but maybe the selling of the sauce, maybe the exposure, maybe something like that, you know, who knows? I mean, that's little small things. Exactly. I could see that, that sauce being sold at Bob's. Absolutely. You know, and then because because you live in a neighborhood where, I mean, the show was just huge. I mean, when you said that uh, season three was going to drop, it's like, We'll, we'll we'll watch that shit in one day. Yeah. And then everyone talks about it. You know, like on set, people talk about it. Yeah. It's and like the buzz of the town. Yeah. It's yeah. like almost That's like, where I season? Where I dropped? So it's like if you if you you put that, you know, on the countertop and you don't even have to put like, you know, from the show, people will know what it is and they're going to buy it. You know, and also it strikes me that no one on the show is helpless. You know, no one's yeah. being like pulled out of their situation. No one, there's not an intervention with somebody. I mean, small interventions like yeah. please don't talk down about yourself. We're getting to that episode, but like, but like these these people, none of them are helpless. They have something inside of themselves. They just need someone to encourage them and give them a leg up and give them a monumental leg up. Because in this country right now, especially, and it, and it's always been true. You know, not everybody is getting the same opportunity. Not everybody has the money to bribe their way into college, y'all. Some people just go to college, get a degree, learn stuff, and then they're there and they're ready to go, but they don't have that leg up. So what I love about Queer Eye, it's we're getting the entertainment value. We're not doing any kind of, um, you know, what would you call it? where we're getting to watch somebody struggle porn. You know, we're not watching struggle porn. We're watching, we're watching, you know, people who are right there at the cusp and they step in and yeah, go, exactly. here's the resources. It's, we, the the budget of the show, Netflix mm-hmm. got this money. I mean, it's kind of a win-win. Yeah. It really is giving back to the community. It, it's like a community service almost. Right. Yeah. I mean... And then, and they they say all the time it's it's like we're not telling them that what they're doing is wrong. We're just saying that what 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 they can do better. And that's also the reason why they don't do like before and after because like the past is the past and we learn from it. And like you weren't like doing anything wrong. You just needed help, right? Like that's that's the thing. No one's coming yeah. in and just slapping something out of somebody's hands and going no. They've always been. Very gentle and lovely. And then, like in the case of the guy we're coming to, they were like, you got to stop doing this self-deprecation thing. Yeah. You know, but turned it into a, just a moment of acceptance and love. All of these people, you can see it in their faces. Mm-hmm. They're being surrounded by love and understanding. And they're being given the tools. That's why we love it. That's why the show is so... I mean, again, Netflix doesn't release numbers, but you know it's probably one of their top shows. Because there's goodness and kindness behind it. And there's always this this yeah. these five gay yeah. dudes roll up, <laughs> you know, in mm-hmm. in the most unlikely places, and then just share themselves, and then listen, and absorb, and learn themselves. I mean, it's just a, it's a lovely thing. We always need this show. Yeah, you said that you know when, you know because we we banter about it while we're talking or uh, watching it, and it's like season one came out and we needed it. Season two came out. And we needed it. And this one, you know, just as part of the global community, it came out at the time where we really needed it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It makes me emotional just talking about that. I just, I I just, I tear up because also just there's a bunch of crazy stuff going on in my life. But I'm sorry, guys. I'm just going to, it's just so, I needed this right now. You know, I just needed this so bad. 
because, you know, she'd be crazy right now. <laughs> shit is just crazy. So, like, my mom is passing away. So, and, I'm, and I don't want to, like, throw myself around on the furniture and be all maudlin and dramatic and do a monologue, you know, from, you know, Streetcar Named Desire or whatever. That's probably a very inappropriate monologue to do. <laughs> anyway, so I just am such in such a type of a strange place because it only, it only happens to you twice, right? If you have even the luxury to have parents, um, this is, you know, I, I mourned my dad in 1994 and so my mom's in the process. So I'm just, I'm feeling like I just, I, I just turned this on and I was going to wait for Ian, but I was in such a crazy place and he was on set and I was like, even if I watch it twice and I'll need to watch it twice anyway to do the podcast, just having it on in the room and seeing all of these messages and seeing all these interactions kind of like it just lifted me to a place where I could just cope a little bit better. And that's what really good shows and content does for us. I mean, yeah. I, I needed well, it. I, so. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the message of the show has been, has been changing a lot because season one was, was very much based on, um, bridging the gap, reaching across the aisle, talking about issues, having certain episodes be focused on certain issues and it was all great and it was it was much needed and it was relevant and now i see it less of that and more of just we need to have conversations about societal expectations we need to have conversations about mental illness and self-deprecation and just culture in general that will forever be timelessly yeah. relevant um and yeah, and I'm just I'm just like watching the show. It's like I forget how much this show just makes me feel happy. Like it's it weird. Does. Like it, I just I always forget. Like when I start watching the new season, I'm like, oh, so this is what I missed this feeling watching Queer Eye and seeing all these beautiful transformations and just seeing people smiling and loving each other. Like it's it's really hard, especially this day and age, to be cynical about all of that stuff. But then the show comes around. And you're like, oh, there are still decent yeah. people out there yeah and that's why i made the mistake of reading one piece of criticism about it and i'm not even going to go off on y'all but seriously y'all just need i don't know what's wrong with you can we not have nice things i mean can we not have like shows that, and just have them be positive and have them be good you can pick at everything and there's always bad and, and a bunch of stuff and i get it but can we not just have the one because i you know i'm going through this thing right now and i'm just thinking about all the other people who have it worse just terrible, horrible things that happen to us day in and day out. And I'm in a, you know, I'm in a pretty kind of strange transitional. I was in a very low moment the other day and I fired this up going, I just, I need something, you know, I don't know what, what I need, but I, I couldn't focus on much. And it was just like, that's what this does. So come on now, you know, don't be sitting here picking on, it's not sustainable and all of the, the bullshit yeah. that, you sit around and I know you need to get paid to do your work and I know you need to go in and like earn your living and pay your bills. But I don't know, maybe, maybe approach it from a different place. Cause seriously, again, that's why I don't like what y'all do. Cause I don't find that to be very helpful. Yeah. And I mean, and, and, and it's not like you have to struggle to look for some positives of the show. Right. You know, it's not like, you know, I've, I've you know, I'm, I'm just going to shit on it because, or I'm going to criticize it in a way Tear no, it down yeah. because I really don't want to do the hard work of finding something positive, or just tear it down because it's popular and people get off on yeah. that. <laughs> right, that's a thing too. And, you know, like that. Just that message is like you know, like what Andre was saying. How you know the transformation of the message is like here. We really have 
before we can heal as a community, we have to heal as individuals first. We really do. And they really spent a, you know, the lion's share of the show <clears throat> talking to each one of the in the episodes is like you have to appreciate yourself. I mean, you it's a must. You have to like the, the episode we're talking about now. Um, he was like, "Well, I, I have stuff out of necessity," and I think it was Tanya was like, "What about something that you just want?" Yeah, and he's like, "Well, if if I You're want talking about Joey, yeah, yeah, it's like if I want something, it's selfish, but it's not selfish, right? You know." Well, even going back to Joey, Joey did say, you know, when you're told to love yourself, it's like I always had this kind of view yeah, of like, exactly. oh, I love myself. And, you know, I related to that moment, too, because that's how I, how I always, when I first started hearing this self-care speak, I really made fun of it all the time. I was just like, oh, my God, love myself. And it wasn't until I was watching Drag Race and watching RuPaul, whom I, you know, had related to drag queens since back in the day, since the 80s when I would go to drag shows and had friends who were drag queens. There's such a, y'all don't even know, like that was my church. When a lot of us had been rejected, a lot of us had been cast out, we would go to gospel brunch at this bar in Atlanta and drag queens were my church. And it, it need, I needed Mama Ru to say to me, how are you going to love anybody? You know, how the hell are you going to, you know. That whole phrase that she says, I was just like, I started paying attention to it when it came out of someone that I related to his mouth. You know, what is the phrase? <laughs> I'm losing it. It's uh, is it like, how are you going to love? How are you going to love somebody if you don't love yourself? Yeah. 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 And it's like, and, you know, it says it in her extra way. And I was just like, I started hearing that. And now I'm like, I get it. There's people who want to shit on that and go, there's here even the phrase self-care and they want to shit on that. And I'm like. No, I, I, I need to, I need to dig deep in that. You know, I need to like, you need it. You know, you're your own lifeline and then other people want to help. And then, then you're able to help. Like, what do they tell you on a plane? The, if you have a baby yeah. with you, the oxygen mask drops down, you take oxygen and then you help your kid. Cause it doesn't work the other way around, you know? So yeah, let's get into the next episode. Uh, Robert Hitchcock, yeah. 34. You is this your favorite one, Andre? This is probably my favorite one. Yeah, this is this is probably the one I related to most, and it had me feeling some type of way because I I just related so much to this guy because I too have the problem of using self deprecation as a means of like coping and humor, and I mean I don't I don't I don't think I really do it like here on the air, but yeah I'm I'm. I don't think it's a, a secret that I'm not happy with how my body looks. Um, and it's, it's, it's a weird mindset to be in because it's always like, I look at my, I look at pictures for me, even like a year or two ago. And I'm like, I can't believe I thought I was fat. And then I'm thinking, Oh, this is going to be the same situation a year from now. Like, and then I get into the thing, Oh, you're just going to get fatter. Like, and it's, it's just such a weird mindset to be in. And like humor in a in a way does help me cope. I don't know if it's it's a healthy way of coping, honestly, but it's it's a way for me to to sort of deal with it. Um and to see him sort of going through the same thing. And this was really the only time when the Fat Five were like, stop. Like, that's not working for us, that's not gonna work for you. Yeah. We need to stop this. Um and I'm like, wow. And you know, that that scene where they make him listen to himself in that dance studio, um, that was really powerful for me. I don't know. I I just there was just something about this 
and even like tan helping him find clothes that works for his body type and him going to the gym which honestly what i loved is that they're not saying oh we're going to the gym so we can get thinner that's not what they're saying they're saying let's go to the gym so we can be mentally sound It, it, it improves how we think about ourselves it's it's just healthier for us you know people who work out are you know sometimes that's not the way to get thin. it just completely depends on your body type that's right that is right um and to to see them being like you know you you can work out you can it improves your your health it helps you sleep better it it, it has more positive things on your life than just i want to be skinnier so i can be happy it is and that's and that's what i love about about their their message with all of this is they're not trying to make him skinnier they're not trying to get him to a certain body type and they've done this in the in in the past um even like aj last season you know he was a relatively like he, he was a skinny guy they weren't going him to making him go to work out because they needed to get skinnier but it improved his his self-independence making himself go out and do this like it all depends on that and i don't know it was it just really resonated with me this one. Oh my god just the stuff that you said off the top it's so crazy because um i don't want this i don't want to be too heavy about this is it okay that i talk about my mom passing away i don't want to be like oh my god look at me it's not yeah no it's about her this is her journey and it's not mine but i mean no she's my she's my mother and it's a long complicated story as all of all of these stories usually are but suffice it to say i've reconnected with my nephew hi daniel and hi emily and now i've gained um you know, two new family members in my life. He's been with in my life, but we're reconnecting and then I'm getting to meet her. So I'm very excited about my mother's parting gift being that I'm getting to know my nephew and his wife. It's been a blessing. It's been so beautiful. And I'm trying to find pictures for him of, of, of pictures that I have that he doesn't have. And I was, I was going through all of these tons of pictures cause I, I, uh, con married my picture collection, uh, before I, that didn't even knew that was a thing. And I had just thrown them all in like boxes just to get them out of the garage so they wouldn't um, emulsify in the extreme heat that is uh, climate change. And so I was like going through these big gobs of pictures. And, you know, you can't help but kind of look at yourself and go, oh, my God, that's what I used to look like then. And this is what I look yeah. like now. And all these kind of phases of your life, like him growing up and he's having the same. He's like, oh, my God, look at me. I was a happy child because he's struggling with things uh, on his own in this, you know, we all struggle. And he's having, having his struggles. And we're having these conversations and we're looking at ourselves as a family and these funny moments. And he goes, I can't even remember. Like we had a banana fight in a hotel room. It's hilarious. Like we were just I would always horse around with him because things could get pretty intense and like we're both just having like these whoa moments and I remember looking at pictures and saying the same thing you just said like I remember at that time I thought I was ugly I thought I was fat I thought I was a troll and then you know just five years ago in pictures well I stopped taking pictures of myself really but the rare picture that you'll see, I'm like, oh, I'm fat and I don't like the way I look. And so I just stop getting in front of cameras and I avoid them like, you know, Dracula. And it's like, mm-hmm. I, the very thing that you said, I'm going to look back at pictures of my time now, right now and go, what was your problem? That yeah. speaks to me so much what you just said. Yeah. And I mean, and it's, 
that that same scene where he's he's listening to all the stuff he says about himself and Kurama goes, you know, you're the only one saying about yourself. I guarantee you no one is saying this about you. And that also hits me because I have I do have that same problem. I think I'm walking around and I'm always thinking what people think about me like like body shape wise or body size, whatever. Um and I always it's always a constant battle, like Andre, you know gotta stop. I'm guarantee no one's thinking that but you um and i have to stop myself too i have warped ideas about body positivity too i come not to (laughs) bring the portuguese guys back into this but you know i i come from a a certain culture that's you know the men have to be skinny and, and the girls have to be have to be fat essentially to you know have children and all that stuff i don't want to get into it but i do have weird things about body positivity you know and it's always even every time i come home for break i I do get certain comments from my grandma god bless her heart that's just her but i it it's it's a constant battle i have to stop myself from judging someone who isn't you know what we perceive to be you know skinny or in shape or whatever um and i hate that about myself and i'm I'm always trying to fix that always self-correcting myself yeah um it yeah and it, again it's it's why this episode res- resonated with me so much um and i'm gonna start thinking differently about how i look honestly um just after this episode well, you even should, though it's, because... it's kind of been it's kind of been a thing with other episodes but yeah it's this one is probably dumb of me to say and again it's like this is not gonna fix you in a moment and that's not my intent but you're awesome you're you're a good looking dude like oh thank you're you. You know, I didn't get a sense of like, I'd never seen you standing up until I saw like the YouTube video of you and Lindsay (laughs) running through the Kroger. And I'm like, oh my God, he's cute. (laughs) Like, I mean, you were cute from the shoulders up and I'm like, oh my God. And then just the way you are, you're hilarious. You are hilarious. Like good on your feet. Hilarious. Quick. And as you talked about Robert being your favorite episode, he's quick on his feet. He has got a joke for every occasion, just like you do. And he's just like one of those people where I I related to him so hard too. I mean, because I do the same thing. I do it on this podcast. I don't you like you may hold it back from the podcast. I am constantly, you know, I'm not that smart. Oh my god, you know. And even though I can, I am the queen of self deprecating humor. Like our first tea time, where I'm like, I look like you know a pinto <laughs> bean with feet. I mean, it's but it's that's how I see myself. And I had a friend who was listening, and she goes, man. She didn't find it funny at all. She was like, that's pretty cruel. That was really cool of you to say about yourself. And I was like, oh, shit. She was like, no, dude, what the hell? Like, you're awesome? Like, what are you doing? So I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, that's the, that's the, um, the, what I think, I think it was Karama who was saying this. I think it was when they were in the dance studio. He's like, you've already told, and this is what we do. You've already told everyone else what to think of you. Mm, yeah that is true you know before before and and they this is not what they think of you but you already you already told them before you've the first thing you tell them is how to think of you conversely yeah and then just writing that stuff on the on the wall and it's like see these are the good things now focus on that yeah and that's something that all of us can use i mean these are they're they're giving us tools as well every episode i agree yeah, I I so related to this because it was like this was the one we said from Gimli to Jon Snow. Um, 
and I think I think he was even talking. I think this was the episode he was talking to Tan, and Tan was like, "Look, we're both vertically challenged." He's like, "I could never find pants that fit." Yeah, I was like, "Dude, I feel the same way." You do all the time. Always too long and too wide. Yeah, I mean the struggle is real because you are you're a short dude. I'm I'm like five five on a good day. Yeah, when I'm feeling good (laughs) about myself. And then like there's like pants, then the shoe size. The yeah. whole the 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 men's shoes sh- uh, shaming that goes on when he goes to buy shoes. It's like they don't. Make I have my wanted size. to knock a bitch out when they're like, "We don't have that size. Do you wear that small of a size?" I'm like, "Oh, I will fucking end you." <laughs> and he's just like, "No, no, no, it's fine, it's fine." I'm like, "Oh, I'm no, I'm gonna square off on this bitch and be like, we in Los Angeles. You shaming stuff. You working a shoe store, motherfucker? Don't you want to share? Don't you want to sell shoes?" And I'm also I'm also like, because I got picked on for my height a lot. But I'm a chick. I can only imagine being a dude and having somebody like, you know, there's some sort of required height for being yeah. a man. And I'm like, I- I'm sorry. What the actual hell does that mean? <laughs> that's like the joke I go to be- before, you know, that's the one where I where I will like tell the world about about what to think about me is like that's my go to is like because I'm short and yeah. I'm brown and you're brown, you know. Wow, maybe we should watch that. I just thought it's kind of the funny way I thought we bonded, but now that this whole show is making me go, ooh, maybe we should stop that. Because my friend was like, yeah, I didn't think that was funny at all. And then she's like, I love you. What are you doing? I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. So, yeah, again, these things are like inherently built into our everyday speech. Crazy. But I think, I think there is a, there's a line where it becomes comedy. Where it's like, yeah, there is, you know, where yeah. we can really laugh about it and we feel good about the joke. Yeah, We're I don't like, want it to be like so serious yeah. that somebody makes a joke about like their, you know, you know, I still thought that was a funny joke, though, even though my friend, friend got offended for me. <laughs> I thought it was a funny joke. It was pretty funny. It was hilarious. Come on. I thought it was funny because, I mean, I, I know you as the beautiful, strong woman that you are. Aww. And so, you know. Yeah, and and like I'm, you know, the short brown guy, but we love each other and we respect each other because we know how awesome we are. Aww, each it's, other, it's are. true. It is true. And when but we then, got together, you had like a kind of a complex about being short, and I started introducing you to humor. You were not, you did not know what sarcasm no, was or I mean, irony. And he used to get like really mad when I would do like sarcastic things. Like, he goes, "What does that mean?" The short, short, because I was always teased about being short. Yeah. And then, you know, for for the longest time, you know, well, I think I had probably worked through this before i met you but being adopted i mean yeah. i would literally get hot under the collar and my head would throb when people wanted to talk about that or ask me questions about it yeah and it just made me very uncomfortable and because now we 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 started with humor like making fun of it and like and owning it it's kind of hard to explain but like just sort of like not i loved you and i wanted you to be like proud of yourself but rather than sitting down and holding you by the shoulders and going now I love you. Please own your five foot five frame. I just, that's not the way I roll. It's more like, fuck everybody who thinks that way about you. I'm going to tell the joke on myself before you can get there. And then, then you, you cut the red wire on that. So nobody can blow you up with that. So nobody can come in and undercut you on that. So that's how I meant that. And now like somebody tries to come in and step to me and like make a fat joke or hurt me. I'm like, Dude, if you want to make a fat joke about me, let me show how that's done. We'll see. I mean, so, and I'm yeah. sure that, and there's darkness in that. I mean, admittedly, there's yeah. darkness in that. 
And I'm sure that's not like purely healthy, but it's better than like you were hurting over this when I first met you. Like you were you had some stuff about it and, and I had had my stuff about it. And I was just like, let's let me show you how I do this thing. But there is taking what? it too far. I mean, it's kind of like what what do you do after like you've you've gone through your whole life where it's people have pointed it out to you and have bullied you like God, I don't even want to get into how many times I've been bullied solely because I'm not skinny. Yeah, like you know, I like during the summers. Oh, I don't know. Should I, I'm just gonna say, it. Uh, during the summers, I I work as a swim coach, and you know, like all the the other swim coaches are. Like, I I've never been like a competitive swimmer. Um, but all of the other coaches do like competitive swimming or they have done it. And so they're very muscular, very built. And I'm kind of staying there. I'm like very self-conscious about how I look. Cause I'm standing in front of all these people and I'm like, I hate this. I want to go put a shirt on or I want to go in the water so no one can see me. And it's kind of like, how, like, how do you get out of that mindset? And I, I don't think you ever will. I think it's, it, you have to work on it. And you also have to balance like, you know, I am a bot. I consider myself a body positive person, but I also want to get skinny. But what does that say about my perceptions of beauty? So it's like oh it's such a, a messy topic. I relate to this so hard. Again, you just said exactly. Oh, my God. I relate to that so much. I relate to that because what's what's crazy. What we know is when we see someone who looks the way we do. Yeah, And then they're so like owning it and positive and they're not even thinking that way. And you're going, oh, they're like, maybe not. You look like me. But they're like, that's not in their head at all. And they're just acting like, yep, I'm here and I'm doing my thing. And they just, they are a completely different plane. I am transfixed by that. I'm like, I want that. I want to be like that. And then another thing that... Well, and don't even, don't even get me started about how, how it is in the gay community. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. It's, I it's know. almost, it's almost, it's, it's worse. I mean, I've never Honestly, experienced it. Worse. I mean, I've experienced it in with on the the lesbian side. You know, there's all yeah. kinds of different standards there, which we're going to get into the next episode. But oh my god, yes, I know, and I see, I see, I see my friends doing it to each other, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I have had so many friends sit there and go, I want this, and the other person, while they were like not even in that zone, but they want the perfect twink or the perfect this the only time i feel like that i i felt like and this is the past i you know i'm not talking about the present but in the past when i felt like everybody was really more positive than anybody else were the bears the bears were my favorite because is that it can we say bears i don't know if 2019 i mean you can say like it's that term is like it's it's old (laughs) it's the reason i it's the reason no it's not old it's still being used but it's the reason i don't Go. I don't have like online dating apps or anything because I'd I'd be like, oh hey, and they'd be like, sorry, not into bears, <gasps> like almost every time. Oh I'm no! Like, right. See, but see, I thought okay, I guess I was around some very body positive, and they call themselves bears, and I would go, I didn't get it. I thought it's just because everybody had a beard. I literally didn't get it. <laughs> and I was no with people my... people own up to it definitely. I just I don't ascribe to the, the, right. the tribes of the gay community. No, I get it. You know? I totally get it. So I was just saying on the way to the point because this is a conversation I want to have. It's like he he goes, yeah. I he, he said I hate it too, and I said it's because you guys have beards, right? He goes, no, girl. It's because we're considered like the fluffy ones, we're the round ones. And I yeah. was like, yep. 
what? And it really, then all of a sudden I was offended. He said, but it's okay. We just fling that right back at people. We have more fun. We're not trying to sit over here and like starve ourselves to death, defend some pants. I'm not in the gym like nine hours a day. He said, it's kind of been freeing once I've embraced it. He said, but do I love it? I don't love it. You know? And you're saying the exact same thing. And it's like, that's fat shaming. That's, isn't that just fat shaming as a category out of the gate? Yeah. I mean, saying that out of context, saying that someone looks like a bear. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, oh, I love me a fat person. And you're just like, fuck. So yeah, yeah. the jocks and the twings. And then you have bears. Yeah. Like, and then then I, I don't love it. Yeah. Someone, and I think one time a girlfriend said, you know, you're, you're way too butch to be a lipstick, but you're not a good in-between. I don't know what you are. And just like sat there, I hadn't even spoken yet. And so for 20 minutes, I got to be told like what I was. And I said, you know what I am not is ever going to be in a conversation with you again. So <laughs> yeah, we done. I'm bouncing on the conversation. So I didn't, I hope I didn't offend anybody by using uh, that phrase in the way that I used it. I hope I explained why I used the term bears. I did, right? No, you did. You did. And there's no shame to people who use that. It's just not. No, I don't use the term though, walking around on the earth. I know. I I know. Yeah. I know. I was just using it by way of example of talking about. Yeah. So, and it's like, dang, you know, like even within our own community, people like are just, we're labeling the shit out of ourselves. And I love that we're getting into this new way of thinking about labels. It's like, we don't need them. You know, I mean, I guess we're using it to translate to straight people or cisgendered people, what we are, but they don't even understand it. So I'm like, at one point, I'm like, we stop using the code. Just stop using it in front of them. Just don't start thinking about ourselves in certain kinds of ways and just let them, you know, like I get a little weird. I say queer a lot. And then I think, oh my God, can we say queer? Are we allowed to say queer? Yes. Because when I was, when I was coming up, you said that that meant the way people say fag. Yeah. You know, that was the N word of our community. And now like we're using queer cool yeah <laughs> yay yeah we're flinging that back at them we're owning that word so i'm like again with terms we're evolving constantly and i'm i'm here for it i'm here for it the evolution god this is going to be a five hour long podcast so we should move along because <laughs> this is a good segue in, oh and i was going to say about you at the pool this is what i take from that and this is what i do when i'm in the pool because we were we were going to the pool on a regular basis trying to get in shape so I love what you said. Like we go to the gym to be healthy. We don't go there to be skinny. We go there to be in that mind frame and for self care. Yeah. Awesome. I love what the show said and love what you said about it. And you standing there with all of these like super swimmers. I, there's going to be a child or many children in that pool, students, other people, other adults who are going to go, there's my, there's my people. You know, we all don't, we all don't have to be, you know, Phelps. We can be, this guy's an instructor. He's in a position of authority and power. Hell yeah. It's like when you see an Asian on set, you're like, hi, what's up? You know? Yeah. You did that the other day. You were like, oh, cool. Okay. (laughs) That was good. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, is that, can I say that? I'm saying that. I don't mean to say that for you. No, yeah, no, that's that's great. It's just yeah. like a representation of not everybody needs to be like super cut. You can just be us walking around in the world. And then I'm with you. It's like I say that 
to you and then when I'm in a, a swimsuit at the pool, I'm like, I want to just melt into the pavement. Yeah. You know, because I'm just like, nah, on so many different ways about my body. I don't like to look at myself in the mirror when I'm changing in our bedroom and Ian walks in, I get very self-conscious and make him leave. I just am not, I'm not into it. So yeah, this, there's a whole lot of work that I need to be doing on myself. And this show is, instead of going, bitch, you're not skinny, you know, fuck you and die. This, this show is like, come on now, you know, love yourself, come along the journey with us, stop hitting yourself. Yeah. So mental health. I mean, mental health. It's, it's like, it's what it's, it's, it's the, it's the foreground of what we're really pushing for. And a lot of, you know, um, politicians are, are making that a point to, we need to we need to research and fund mental health. Yeah, we do. Because that's, it's a that's thing. The it's the national not, yeah, emergency. It's, guys. A, it's a thing. It's it's real. Yeah, I totally agree, babe. Uh, can we talk about how much we love Jess? This one had me. Yes, I loved her. This was my second favorite. Yeah. This was my second favorite. Same. I was crying so hard. Um. Two of my godchildren were in the exact same situation, so I just couldn't stop wailing about it. How can you put your child out? How can you put a child out on the street for being different from you? Children are born gay, y'all. I know you don't want to hear it. I know you want to point at some, you know, verse in the Bible and tell me blah, blah, blah. But you're going to find out when you go to meet whatever you think's out there that you're wrong. I'm just going to tell you that right now. So Jess is adopted and it's disowned at 16 when she's outed. She doesn't come out as a lesbian. She's outed as a lesbian. And then she's a 16-year-old child, child. She is a child. But I guess black children, as we see repeatedly, don't even get, like, even the most basic modicum of protection a lot of times. So... What is wrong with y'all? And then, you know, by super religious adoptive parents. Yeah, see, I... I, just, I don't know what Jesus are, y'all are talking to. And I'm sorry I'm judging y'all. Well, I'm really not. But what the what the hell, y'all? Seriously. Well, she even said it's This like, is why a lot of us don't, are not in the church anymore. Yeah. This is one of the many reasons, and one of the top reasons, I am not in the church anymore. This right here. This right here. I took in two kids myself. I was still attending church. I was still trying to tell them about the Lord and be in the faith, and they were being put on the street because of this. So, until y'all resolve that, yeah. I'm going to be over here. Oh, and don't worry about my soul. I'm good. If you think I'm going to burn, I'm, I'm glad you're thinking about me. She even said, like, if I went to church more and I did conversion therapy, I'd probably, you know, I'd, I'd, be, I'd still, still be with them. I'd be okay. And it was just like, you know, it's just like, that's the thing. It's like religious people, and especially. You know, because in this country, a lot of them are conservative Christians. I really have a problem with them. Yeah. You know, and it's not like I know we have to, you know, to move forward, we have to accept and and, and listen and compromise. Uh, it's it's hard compromising with people who are just so dogmatic and, and don't even want to listen. I just I really have a problem. If with you want to listen Christians. and listen to me, I'll listen to you. And I'm also probably not going to make it easier on you if you do stuff like this. If you're putting children out in the street, I don't have to be tolerant of that at all. 
I just think the the larger issue is that it's it's compared to a lot of other issues, this is hardly ever being talked about. Hardly. Um, and it frankly goes back to our discussion about last week. You know, should you be? It's it's like that thing with uh, uh, Chris Pratt and Ellen Page, how she called him out that his church is homophobic and and that sort of thing. Like there needs to be there needs to be something. That needs to be fixed. And, you know, I, I've talked to my friends about it that who are Christian and they're totally like, yeah, no, this is like this is like not a thing. And then like I'll ask them about like how do their churches, you know, how do they talk about gay people? And a lot of times the answer is um, for the most part, we're OK with it. Uh, we don't talk about it uh, like we don't kick someone out of the congregation if they're gay. Um, and I was like, OK. Now let me ask you this: Are they allowed to be in like leadership roles in the church? And they're like, "Oh no." Well, like, not that you know of. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, hunting um, half of your staff in the South most times is gay. <laughs> and y'all, he's so nice and he's so well dressed and he's always dressing his wife up nice and he's just so lovely and he's just so. And I'm like, y'all don't even know, do you? You don't even know about Sister Carl, do ya? The, uh-huh. the hypocrisy. Yeah. It's like the re- everyone Ooh, else sees it. Everyone else sees it. Mind blowing. You know? And it goes back to like, it, they are so blind. Yeah. Conservatives are so blind. Yep. Well, not all conservatives, but these particular kind of homophobic the, conservatives. Exactly. Yes. These, these, these ultra-right conservatives. I mean, just, just, you know, to bring up a point about what happened in New Zealand. Yeah. And the president was saying how it's a terrible thing. And then was asked, what do you think about, you know, this problem of, of white supremacy that's that's going on? He's like, oh, I don't think there's a problem. When his own rhetoric yep. is is fueling well, that fire. Well, he's a whole other gang see, show of see, foolishness that and is, shenanigans. That is the umbrella over, the, over oh, yeah. this whole thing. It's driving, these yeah. are the people who voted for Emboldened. him. Emboldened. And so now, even more so, I mean, what are the, I have the statistics shot up of gay teens and young people being mistreated has that shot up i don't know but it puts people in peril this is why i'm you know i'm not mad at people who voted for trump maybe you didn't know you had a pig in a poke you didn't know what you had but now that it's out there come on now and i mean you know you can you can be a liberal christian all you want you know if you're angry about kids being locked up in cages at the border then you got to be angry about the kids being forced to go to conversion therapy yes you do that fucks you up for the rest of your life it does all that fucks you up i mean you can be and again and i want to clarify this i do know good christian folks who go to churches that are completely inclusive and have gay ministers here in santa monica at the church that we uh, it's, it's one of those churches like it's not, not even unitarian i think they don't even call themselves anything anymore they just dropped all the the labels and everybody goes there muslim people go there um you know every name a religion they had native american speakers who come in and speak about their and again not all native uh faiths are the same and and all these kind of um different views and, and people come in black lesbian gay when the Puerto Rican thing was going down, they have speakers and they're educating culturally. One of their things is a meeting place for people to share their ideas and try to find solutions and have action, you know, to send care package and relief and do real things, host families, uh, attorneys go there. So it's one of these churches where I was like, not all churches, I'm going to say that not all churches do this and, and lead by example, this church in Santa Monica and like others across the country. Not just here on the West Coast. You can say, oh, that's West lefty crap. 
Okay, there are churches just embedded in red, red states who actually don't throw people out and don't say, well, hide it under a bushel. You know, there's a lot of people who do do that. So let's give shouts to the people who are evolving. But straight up, if you think this is okay to put a girl like Jess, a beautiful, lovely, and I'm not talking about her looks, I'm talking about her soul. What is this girl ever going to do to anybody but, but like evolve and do good in the world? Yeah. You know what I mean? Doesn't have a drug problem. Yeah. Ain't hurt nobody. And even if you have a drug problem, you have a mental problem, and that needs to be fixed, and you shouldn't be shunned for that either. But, like, I was looking at her face the entire time, and I was saying there's been um, images of, like, Nefertiti, and they bel- she's like, this is what they think Nefertiti's face looks like. There's a couple of paintings and sculptings that I've seen. I'm like, Jess's face looks like what people thought Nefertiti looked like. I mean, that was literally the idea of beauty back in that time and when they had even before they transformed her i'm like this girl could be a model you want to talk about being models yeah she's gorgeous yeah and like at the top of the episode you know she was talking to karama and she's like you know i just you know i want to i want to feel like i'm a strong black woman and he was like but you are yeah you already are yeah what he does for her Bobby's story mirrors hers almost exactly. He's kicked out at 15. He has to sleep in his car. You know, he's been married for 14 years. Yeah. There's, you know, all because of the religious stuff, the religious reasons. And then you've got Karamo, a black man who struggled with his identity. Being gay in the black community is very much, it's very tough from what I can see. Again, not black, not in the, in the community like that. You know, I am queer, but like, I can only imagine what that struggle is like. I've seen my friends struggle and I relate to that story so much of like her, her being told she's not black enough, her being told she's not gay enough, her being told she's not anything enough. She's been enough to death, you know? And so what he does for her, what, what Karamo does for her is walk her into the room at the Alan Ailey studio and have her talk to other black girls who are like, yeah, yeah, I got called the white one. And this is this is what I love about the show is that they recognize situations that they know from a personal background that they can't connect on her with. So Karama does this thing where he goes to introduce her to other queer black women to have a conversation. And I'm like, I love that because they don't pretend to have all the answers and they don't pretend. And it's kind of like what they did with um, Thomas two episodes you know having him go to that to that party to talk about like anime and stuff like that like that's that's their their heart they're using the the community that they're in to just make it more accessible to them and that's what i really love and i i don't i didn't really get that sense in in the first couple of seasons um not saying that they were talking about stuff that they shouldn't have been but i think like not being in Georgia anymore, I think there's there's just something about Kansas City that it, it, the community is a, is a lot more um, diverse in what they have and what what sort of resources they can use to help the heroes in this show. Um, oh, they probably had it in Atlanta, but I think what what or Atlanta, sorry, yeah, and I love what they came, but but again, Kansas City, wherever city, what I love with what Karamo did with the cultural element is it wasn't just about listening to music and the arts and go to the theater he is really 
dialed it into community as friends. Community yeah. and culture stems out of having a friend group. And so he's literally giving these people a potential friend set. You know, mm-hmm. at least the starts of a friend set. You can't force people to be friends. It's very hard to make friends. We talk about this all the time. It's very hard for us to make friends, even in Los Angeles. But he's sort of getting them started. He may make a connection with one person, Thomas, or Jess may keep in contact with one of those girls. Or, or it just informs an idea on how to connect to people. That is so valuable to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like vehemently agreeing with you and talking over you. <laughs> No, it's fine. No, I I, lo- I love what you said. I just, I love this girl's story. And again, when I say I want her to be a model, I don't mean like, again, in the traditional sense, but like to step out and to be like, for her to go and represent, if she wants this, I mean, she's got her own career path. She does what she wants to, but like, just if that's where she landed, just to be like, this is my strength, at least get some of that model money to like launch her own business, you know, <laughs> get some of that model money and go you know, do what you want. You know what I'm saying? But like, she's just, I hope somebody snaps her up because she is, she's gorgeous. She's everything y'all yeah. want to see, you know. This was probably also my favorite house transformation. Oh. Yeah. It was yeah. beautiful. When I saw the her fireplace and it was like candles and I'm like, I'm going to get that. Uh-huh. Like the big candles. I love that idea. I'm going to get that. Yeah. We need to snatch that idea up too. We had a fireplace. We got a fireplace. So yeah, there's so many ideas I walked away from this season. Like, oh, I, I, love, I like that the flag that they were flying in the front. I yes. want to put that up on the front. I think yeah. we're going to get know? one of those too. We're getting like some Jones barbecue sauce and we're going to be flying that gay American flag. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. Um, so let's move on to Rod Elrod. Okay, did we all just like, it started oh <laughs> and I just needed to go lay in the corner before I just, I was like four minutes in and I was like, I got to go lay down. I got to go lay down. This man this lost his was wife. Rough. Oh God. He lost his wife. They have two young boys. She had breast cancer. They thought she was going to make it, and then she just didn't. And she had made all these promises with him, like planning for the future. And so here's Rob raising his kids, you know, trying to hold down his, his living. And he's doing this without his wife, and he's moving into the house that she made him promise that he would move into. And I was just a mess. I was a hot mess. I can't say it's my favorite because it was so painful that I was just like, I don't know if I'm just rejecting it. It's not a terrible episode. It was like episode. one thing after the other. <sighs> like, it was God. crazy. The whole thing about how, like, she wrote their birthday cards. Oh, the advance. cards. Yeah. I wanted to jump out yeah. a window. No. <laughs> God. Like, on oh one hand, God. like, how beautiful, but also just kind of like, you see that in a movie and you're like, it's different if Diane Lane's doing it. But, like, when real people do it in real, actual life, you're like, yeah. I can't. I couldn't imagine. I can't. And I love what Bobby did having that chest yeah. with the, the inscription yeah. and the handwriting. That was probably the one thing out of this where I just, I was just a hot mess. I was a yeah. puddle. It was just, I was dehydrated from crying from this one. Um, when they when they had that makeover with Rob, I was like, he could be like Bobby's brother or something. He really could. Like once they cleaned up his beard and his hair, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I also didn't notice that his eyes were that blue before. Just like and, I'm yeah. like, oh my god, look at his eyes! Like it's crazy. You know, he's just being a dad. He's just being. And he's again, trying his best, putting hand cream in his son's hair. <laughs> <and stuff. laughs> Jonathan's like, I, I think he just put hand cream in their hair. <laughs> 
Don't we love every expression on Jonathan's face? I love all of his his Jonathan-y expressions, but I think my favorites are when he's like, he's like us, and he's like, he lets the tears flow, but like his face gets like really, it drops and just yeah. becomes kind of, I'm not going to say real because all of his faces are real to me, but like when he just has that look like he's listening and relating, oh my God, I just... I, that's what I probably lose it is like his reactions to things when he's just. Well, yeah, going to that and just going back to that last episode. Because him and Bobby are the, my favorite criers on the show. Yeah. Everybody cries on the show, but Karamo cries beautifully. Tan cries beautifully. These two bitches just can cry. Like the tear <laughs> runs down like it's in a movie. Yeah. And Bobby and Jonathan just like, they, it's not ugly crying, but it's like, yeah, I'm going to just, I don't care, girl. Oh. And Anthony will cry too, but he also cries pretty. And not a, not a criticism, guys. I'm just saying. <laughs> I relate more to Bobby and Jonathan's crying because I'm a, I'm kind of like a <laughs> I let my face like crinkle up and like get into like it. Snot's you know, coming down my oh nose. yeah. I'm just like Ugh. I just let that snot. Yeah, I let it. I let that fly out. I don't care. So yeah. What were you gonna say? I was gonna well, I was gonna say you know with with Jonathan, it's like like when he, th- there was this one point in in the last episode with Jess, and and he's like talking about her experience and he says you know i i will never understand what that is what that means yeah and it just like it hit me it's like because sometimes it's like you know people want to identify with someone so much that they lose you know it's all about them and their experience how they identify with somebody but to say to take a step back and say i could i could never understand that and it it puts it pulls it's like it's I guess it's the empathy. Yeah, yeah. Like I can. I think I could really appreciate that because I don't know what it means, but you know what that means, and so there's something about that that is just. I think once more people realize that their personal experiences aren't universal, and then they can't relate to everybody and use their logic on everyone's problems. I think that's when the world would just be a much better place. Oh my god, that should be a very that should be that's March. (laughs) That's just that's March. March. That's March, and that's church. Mm. Yeah. Dang. I'm just gonna sit in that for a second. I think that's why. I think that's why Jonathan's like my my favorite is because there's just everything about him is just true. They're just all so aware. Yeah, they're just they're just completely aware. Yeah. Yeah. They and are, Jonathan does are. this lovely thing that I love where he like flirts with everyone just to hype them up. It's so hilarious. It's it, yeah, it really is. It's hilarious. an icebreaker. It rattles them. And again, this is I, I said this. I, I don't know if I said this on the podcast for season one is that he just rolls up to somebody and wraps his big old gay body around them. And they're like, oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and oh, God. You know, and he just he because they're getting to be interacted with. They're now the focus of his attention. And I feel like that also would diffuse a lot of bombs is if people actually sat in the presence of a Muslim or a gay person or a black totally. person or exactly. you know, any kind of person that you're so like the enemy in your mind. And they're just like, no, what's up? And I'm focused on you yeah. and I'm I'm loving on you and I'm caring about you and I'm listening to you. I mean, like the best example of that is that one girl from the Westboro Baptist Church that like escaped because she started having conversations with people online 
like that were like Jewish and Muslim and she realized how terrible where she was living actually was and then she left. That's my favorite example of yeah. that. Because once once you open up experiences that are like past your own, you realize that it's it's not all about you and you just learn so much. And I think this so. is why I'm like a totally it's exactly the same that, uh, that I feel about like Trump supporters. I don't want to I don't make a blanket statement. I hate all of you. There's something there's some good people that I know who are still supporting the president and they have their reasons for it. And they they do turn a blind eye to all of the the obvious glaring stuff that's going on. And I don't sit here and think you are a piece of shit. I just think you're having conversations in your echo chamber, too. You're not hearing. Yeah. Because if you could relate to someone who would sit down with you and just show you respect and kindness, I think it's really important to listen to each other. We're, this man is not going to – look, let's say he gets another four years. I'm not going to run screaming in the streets, and I'm not going to be happy about it. But, you know, when he's, he's not going to be president for forever. You know, we don't have kingdoms. But we're all going to still be here trying to, like, live in this country together. So mm. – you know, Trumpism is probably here to stay for a long time and that mentality. So that's what we need to, like, just gather the wagons around and talk about what does that mean to you and what are you getting out of that? And why do you why do you like feel this way about things? And if you can show people the other side rather than just letting them double down in their own like plant their flag and this is my beliefs if you can get past their like talking points mm -hmm. and have a real experience with them i'm not saying i'm trying to convert everybody to my way of thinking that would be a very boring place but i am trying to find a place where we can relate and compromise and have that gun conversation that tan and jody had in season one so what do I, uh, let's talk about thomas are we, through, are, we, are, we, are we through talking about Rod? I mean, there's never we're never going to stop talking about Rod, but I just I feel like I just don't want to put my purse down in that moment. Thank you, Amanda Sales, yeah. for that wonderful phrase. I just want to move on to Thomas. Uh, he's called the Sloth by uh, Friends. I immediately saw him before anyone said it. I want to go on record in our household. I said, oh, my God, it's Donald Glover. He is so cute. And, yeah. Oh, my God, I love Donald Glover. I love him so much. And I was just like, oh, it's Donald yeah. Glover. It's Donald Glover from Another Mother, just his cute little face and his just, again, he's our size. So I love it when people are. Like I thought it was going to be another happy episode. And then they were like, yeah, my mom died. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are you doing to us? Stop it. Jesus. And, and then, you know, I saw like his sister totally mm -hmm. reminded me of um, Alexis. Alexis. Rose from Shit's Creek. Oh, really? <laughs> what she does, and then even like, you know, <laughs> we were like, like, "It's it's Alexis." Yeah. Oh my god, it's her. <laughs> she is Alexis from Shit's Creek. So cute. Uh, yeah. What do we think about him? He's just this, he's withdrawn. He's shy. He's a PC gamer. I just wanted I just wanted to give him a big hug. <gasps> Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And he's just all love. Like, all love. He is, yeah. You know, you want to go, Schmoopy, come over to my house this Saturday. We can talk about nerd stuff. We can nerd out. Yeah, I was feeling him on that social anxiety. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. I get it, man. Yeah. Yeah, and like just going up to like that group of people, I was like, ooh, 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to. Misunderstood thing about introverts and people who are shy. Don't ever nominate me for queer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Ian said. Me he either. goes, I don't want to be on the show. I'm like, but you guys would be perfect for the show. You're the kind of people the show wants. The people who don't want to be on the show are the people that work best on the show. I mean, like, yes, Bobby, come renovate my apartment. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. You know, come or just get me a house because I don't think you're legally allowed to. Oh, OK. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I was just uh, what I loved about this episode was just how it reminded me. Another thing about I related to is that there's a misnomer or misunderstanding about uh, introverts. And I know you won't believe this unless you really know me, but I'm an introvert and I force myself to be an, an extrovert. And even though I'm out there kind of like, hello, my baby, I'm really not. Um, would you believe that you, you believe that about me? Yeah. Um, I am incredibly shy. I have to force myself to be, I, I fake it till I make it and I pretend like I'm, you know, cool with it. But on the inside, it's like 15,000 galloping, nervous, <laughs> dysentery rabbits are like, what's happening? What's going yes. on? Go yeah. walk yourself over to the table. Get the food. Okay. On camera four, pick up the wine glass. Okay. Camera nine. Like there's all <laughs> of these crazy dysfunctional rabbits in my brain telling me to do stuff. And that's why I come I off. I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. I, I do. I do think of myself as an introvert but it's it's it really just sort of depends on the situation like when i'm in class with um like the people from my velo section i'm like literally like a gay aunt like i walk in and be like oh hey guys hi (laughs) (laughs) did you call yourself like gay aunt oh yeah i'm I'm like i'm the gay aunt like for sure like i'll bring candy like i'll make sure everyone's having a good day like that's me but if like if i'm literally anywhere else i'm just like it's so weird i don't know oh my god i love that gay aunt <laughs> that's so that just that's delightful we're learning they'll, so many they'll finish about each other. they'll finish playing and i'll be like oh my god that was so good <laughs> i love that uh, i guess i'm like the bisexual grandma then i guess <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, but, but the thing about introverts is that we are incredibly talkative and relate to people that we know when Mm. we're with our people, when we feel like we're comfortable, then it's like, you're the same way. People don't know this about Ian. He's a chatterbox. Yeah. Like I, I will not talk to anyone until I, I feel like I've, I've become comfortable, you know? And it's funny because you're like the human recorder. You'll sit there and just record everybody's conversation in your mind. You're a good listener. <laughs> well, but he's I'm, also judging your ass. So when people are like, Ian is so quiet. He just is so nice. He's like, he's so, <laughs> he just loves everybody. I'm sitting here going, okay, whatever you need to tell yourself to go to sleep tonight because that bitch is a judgy bitch. He's well, like, just sitting here going, mm, You guys, mm. I, like in our in our chat the other day when I was going to set and I was, you know, it, it was a totally new crew that i've never worked with before i didn't know anybody there oh my god i was horrified for you i was like yeah you know texting you guys and i was like uh this is the first time i've been you know this scared in a while walking to us yeah you know i I hate i i was reading that i'm like oh my god i'm so glad that's not me (laughs) 
like yeah. walking into somewhere you feel like everyone is looking at you you don't know what to do you wish you had someone with you so the attention is at least split but no you're like walking and you're like don't know where to go like i've totally been there i hate it yeah it was like i mean usually if i'm walking onto a new with a new crew it's like i know the line producer because they brought me on like i had never met the dude who hired me on this one before oh my god and i did have that feeling of like everyone was like who's the new kid yeah you know, i was like Ugh. you know and i and i was trying to look for the production office and I couldn't find it. I, I ended up walking up to the art director because he was sitting at a table. I felt, okay, maybe, you know, this guy looks official. But, you know, everyone was really nice. You know, after, you know, a while, it, it you know, everyone was like, okay, he's he's doing sound. Right. He's You're okay. not just some not, random ass person. Because people <laughs> do wander on the sets and some people are like. And also, it's just a set thing, too. I think it's, this happens in a lot of scenarios. But specifically, just speaking to sets, like when you come on board, you're the replacement or you're day playing for someone who had to like who had another commitment and you come on and everybody's looking at you. You're like, oh, fuck. And like it isn't until like maybe that the end of that day, your second meal with them or during the meal time, everybody's like sniffing your butt. Like, OK, what yeah. are you and what do you do? and What's your thing? And should we be fucking with you? And like, what's your... It's really strange. And then you're not a big talker. I sort of like, again, I pull I, all my rabbits, get together and form into a human <laughs> being and go up to people and go, my name is Lisa. What's up? How you doing? I crack a joke and like get to know everybody, you know, because like on the Teen Wolf after show set, that was how everybody had come back. And that was always they were always replacing out the, the creative consultant. That position was always new. So I came on. Everybody had like secondhand language. Everybody yeah, was talking to each other. Sec- yeah. And they're like, hey, what's up? And I was like, hey wear kiss or chair that i can sit in so i would just make a separating <laughs> joke and then get people to laughing and then they would turn their heads around at me and i was like oh don't stare at me i didn't mean for that to happen don't look at me <laughs> and then you know then you're part of that crew by the end of it but it's oh it's so weird i like, guess that's yeah. my version of summer camp right there like my way of, of <laughs> dealing with it was like because i didn't know exactly i didn't know the second hand you know the language that everyone has with each other you know, I made sure that I was right on the spot when I was needed. So it's not like, okay, we're waiting for – who are we waiting for? It's like I was there. Yeah, you're always vigilant, you know? but you're, you're extra vigilant, aren't you, like when you're on that new set? You're oh, like, I man. cannot – you don't want to – you don't even want to pee. No. Because you don't want anyone to, like, be looking for sound and give somebody a reason to be like, where's that bitch? Yeah. So you're, like, holding your water. You don't want to poop. You don't want to eat I, I'm, like, literally, <laughs> like, as I want to do, will shit myself. Yeah, you're a classic self-shitter just because you don't want to not be available to do, like, see, that alone should get you an Academy Award one day. Just for being (laughs) the guy, yeah, during that war sequence, I just shot myself the entire time. Just there was no time for a break, so just uh, basically just shot myself. Nobody noticed. He just wore a diaper to set. (laughs) He wore a diaper, man. You know, that's what he do. All of a sudden, I'm changing you into somebody else in the future when you're winning this Academy Award. Okay, so back to Thomas. Yeah. (laughs) Thomas is just turning 21 when they're doing the show. So it's in the middle mm-hmm. of his 21st birthday. And I was wondering what you thought about this because you're you're very close to having your 21st birthday. Oh, uh, yes, so, I am. Mm-hmm. Like, were you relating to any of that kind of like watermark or like, how are you feeling about that? Or did that just not even register and you were thinking about other things? Um, I mean, like not all 20 year olds are the same, Lisa. What? I don't. What's the thing? It's not a club. 
Um, <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I, no, not I didn't. I didn't I, like him turning one. I didn't. I didn't register it. Not really. Okay. Yeah, I did. The only thing was like I know people like that. That um, because they don't know how to socialize, they very much would just like to stay in their room and just you know play video games all day. And you know. Not the healthiest way to live, but I mean, if it makes you happy, you know. Um, yeah. But no, I loved, I loved the the rock climbing thing. Yeah. Oh, that was a cool moment. I loved that because I miss rock climbing because we had the exact same setup in like our YMCA when I was a kid, and we had like the harness and everything. Although he was a lot safer than I was because as he was coming down, he was like doing that thing where he's like stepping down, and me when I was a kid, I just like pushed myself off and I like <gasps> fell because it was so fun. You just had to make sure you didn't like bounce against the wall when you were coming back, uh, or razor burn your hands on the rope or something. <laughs> yeah, you would get in trouble sometimes because it'd be like, "Don't do that," and be like, mm. uh, <laughs> "I've never climbed a wall, yeah. not once, not ever." I'm just afraid that the dude down there would would you know get distracted yeah. and drop me. I don't trust like people. in like in. Um... Oh, it's not a it's not a person that that does the harness. It's like a. It's like a Tasho Levy system. Oh, like, really? It's not someone like holding the. <laughs> the I was rope. misled no. because that dude was holding. Yeah, because he at the was bottom. holding. He was. He was. I watched giving free. The solo. He had his own. He yeah, had his like own free solo. Where, where the you know. Well, unlike free solo, <laughs> that dude like climbed. What was the what was the mount of the Capitan. building? El Capitan. Dude climbed El Capitan. One of like maybe three people who's ever done it solo, or is he the first guy who's ever done free solo on? El Capitan. There's only a handful of people. Oh, my butthole was puckering the entire time. Y'all got to see that. I mean, Lord Jesus God. I was so... Like, the the camera guys, the guys who, like, do this for a living, were literally could not look. This one guy just turned his back this entire time because there's just, like, this one... They call it the widow's widow's leap where you you have to jump. And he's, like, tethered to nothing. And I was just like, I'm going to puke. I'm going to (laughs) puke. Anyway. So I'm like thinking I've gotten all my information now from free solo. So I'm like, <laughs> he's, he's not free soloing it. Okay, good. He's not going to fall and like break his, you know, super nerd brain and never be able to work again. Awesome. But I thought a dude was at the bottom tethering you off. And like, I would have to spend like a week with that person before I would trust them to hold that rope. Yeah. <laughs> so. so I didn't know that. Okay. You learn something new every time we do a podcast together. So you're like, didn't relate to the 21 turning, blah, blah, blah. I, I related to the the sister feeling like she could bounce, you know, and go off and pursue her life because she needed mm-hmm. to know he was good because they did lose their mom and, and she's there to, I mean, I didn't relate because I wished I had had a sibling like that, you know, someone who like really looks after you. But I was like, it's good to have that. I, pre- I guess I appreciated how much that they loved one another and were looking out for one another. Yeah, there was that sense of, again, community, of family there. Yeah. That- uh, that's my thing. That's my crack because I don't – I'm getting this opportunity to get to know family and get to know my nephew. But, like, Ian and I made our own family together. We've made our own – kind of place for one another because of, you know, you have a lovely big, large family. I have kind of a, I have my cousins that I relate to, but like in everything there's brokenness, but we're always kind of seeking things out and looking for a connection with people to become our family because of some, some deficits, you know, in the past. So when I see good family, it's like my favorite thing. I used to be very envious and couldn't watch it and be bitter and twisted. And now I've learned to like, I just love it. I love to see, 
good family connections. It's just, yeah. it's good. And it warms my heart. Warms my cockles. Uh, and then we're, last, we're to the last one, Tony Blanco. I will have to say I can't speak to this episode because I went to sleep in the middle of it, not because uh, no diss on Tony. Uh, it was late. I haven't been sleeping very well these days. So I, you guys are going to have to talk about this episode because I was just like, I don't know. Oh, wait, before we before, – okay, I'm sorry. Before we get out of like Thomas, can we talk about how cute he looked at the end? When, like, he had yeah. his little outfits and on. He was ador- not adorable. He was, like, I thought he was hot. I thought he was, like, like some girl is going to, like, <laughs> our boy. I don't know what his sexuality is. But, like, he was, like, popping at he the was end poppin'. of that. Oh, my God. He's so cute. And the confidence. Yeah. You know. Like, his sister Chrissy was just, like, she could see it. She was, like, okay. Yeah, like you can, and then he's assuring her that she's going to be okay. I just want to like say those last couple of notes about what happened with those two. And also, can we just talk about how now again, none of us are, can really speak to this, but I didn't realize that Jonathan could do black hair. Like she was in there with confidence, like doing black hair, and I'm like, is she doing it right? Is she? St-? I mean, I like yeah, what she yeah, did yeah. with Jess and uh, Thomas's hair. Specifically, like giving that that natural look. I and I love natural looking hair. It's just, it's not. I know y'all don't care about my opinion, but I love me some natural hair. I just think yeah. it's, I think it's gorge. So, well, I, was, I always, I always notice that that he takes if if the hero is uh, a person of color or black, he does take them to the appropriate barber. That's true. Um, but I feel like John, Jonathan knows this stuff. Like he's had, you know, I don't know how long he's been working as a hairdresser. Um, but he's had so many clients. I'm, I'm sure he knows the thing. But he, they also had um, the barber there with them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's always that's always one thing I really like that he doesn't. You know, because I've heard that that whole thing about um, event Nicole Brown talking about how the the makeup and hairdressers on certain sets don't know how to work with black hair that's true. and it's like yep. always a nightmare. And yeah, I can And I'm I'm glad it isn't the case here. Obviously, uh, but yeah. yeah. And yeah, so you're right. It looks like he does have a spotter, maybe somebody who's like showing techniques and then he's carrying them out or maybe he knows all of that. I don't know how that works out, but yeah. And again, yeah, Yvette has a good point about that. It's like they don't know how to do. I've heard that one firsthand, you know, with a black actor sitting there going, oh, God, Becky's going to do my hair. Shit. How do I tell her not to touch me <laughs> without being impolite? I'm on a big show. I'm day playing. I don't want to be rude. She's been on the show for, you know, like there's the politics of like culture on the set, you know? So yeah, yeah that's a whole thing. So yeah, I, I, something to learn a little bit more about, but I was impressed that he was at least in there, you know, cause I like the results. So if somebody else ended up doing that, then props to all y'all. Yeah. So, Tony Blanco, y'all go. I don't. I remember the first twenty minutes of this episode, and then I was just, I was out. I was just. Yeah, I mean, I I like him. Um, he didn't. Probably wasn't my favorite episode. Um, I had to get I had to get past the, the first couple of minutes only because like about the thing of like he, um, like the whole house is like a mess and like his like wife is pregnant so she can't like keep up with a lot of that stuff and i've heard like just like horror stories about about um boyfriends or husbands not not keeping up with that stuff because the wife usually does it and now that she can't because she's pregnant they don't know how to do it so they just don't do it um 
and when which i mean i don't i don't fault him for it they did uncover that it's sort of it's a mental thing with him um but you know you know like dishes pile up sometimes but that that shit looked like it was there for like weeks yeah like, I there was, I don't pan, see. The there was a pan was with bacon grease pan. in yeah. there and uh. the grease was all white i'm like oh i've been there but oof, yeah I was that way when I was super young and I don't want to like people learn in different stages and stuff, but I'm, because I am such a neat freak, you know, I guess I probably should just step out of that conversation because I was just over here. having all kinds of folded arm, you know, judgy <laughs> aunt moments like, mm, really? So, <laughs> and again, I know, I know. Yeah. I've never had kids, so I can probably stuff it up my holes. I get it. I mean, when it when it gets past the sink, it's time to address it. Like once you have to start piling stuff on the counter, then you you gotta you gotta do something about that. Yeah. Um, but that also m- might just be me growing up Portuguese and cleaning the house every Saturday morning for five hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. no, like I I liked the episode. I you know it was great. Um, seeing him at the end with his newborn daughter. That was cool. um. I, I I like the beginning where they're where Anthony dresses up as a <laughs> as a doctor and they're the rest of them are in the waiting room like reading their own magazines with their faces on them. Um that's what I mean <laughs> about like they're they're keeping stuff fresh. Like they don't always start in the car. Um like they got on the bus like in the previous episode too. Yeah, yes! that was, yeah, that was cool. I liked all the introductions. Um, oh, and then Robert's episode that jumped out of the the cake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but no, it was it was it was a fine episode. Yeah, I don't know. I I wish it wasn't like what they closed out with. Yeah, um, I was like, this was kind of a weird one to close on. Yeah, because because when we watched it, you know, our Netflix didn't play it in order for some reason. So that was like one of the first ones I saw, and then when I realized, like, wait, that that can't that's not the season. Finale. So the way we ended up watching it, we MCU'd it. That's that's our term for you watch something uh, completely out of order. And not in the way it was intended for you to view it. So, but but in our particular case, this time we ended with Black Girl Magic, and so it felt like a it, it was a different watch. Mm. Ending with that note, ending with Jess was like, oh shit, cool. You know, she's finding about her. She's reconnecting with her sister. She's having her family over for her final. You know, their their not their final meal, but like their house. Warming the, meal. The, we get to see all the Midwestern the queens luck. and all this kind of yeah. stuff. It was like so positive and just so like what queer eye is just ending on this whole cheers queers kind of moment. And then, yeah. you know, but then when we like you, I said, I, I came to watch it with you again on the second watch for me. And I was like, oh, this is the last one. Oh, that's weird. Oh. I kind of had a David Rose moment. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so didn't hate it. I mean, Tony's a lovely dude. I mean, you, you're the one who said he ended up looking like Jon Snow, though, after his transformation. Yeah, I thought, well, like, like first, well, you know, I thought he looked like a Dothraki. Yeah, just like one of the background guys. Yeah. And then when they cut him, I was like, oh, man, he looks kind of like Jon Snow. Yeah. You know? He's cute. So that was season three, Queer Eye. We're going to let you guys go. It's a two-hour episode. I, I hope you stuck with us. <laughs> there was a lot of good stuff that came out of this, a lot of good positivity, so hopefully you're around for this. You can listen to it in gulps, three parts, seven parts, nine parts. 
you know, that's what the pause button is for. Uh, <laughs> but we're, we're, uh, we want to say uh, we appreciate you guys returning up every week with us and uh, showing your love. A lot of people are downloading and listening, and we're getting some feedback. We appreciate that so much. Thank you, thank you for coming along on the journey uh, with us. And, yeah, we're going to be back later on today. We're going to record another episode about uh, the crazy week that was going on in the world and the tragic week. <laughs> That we had in the world, and uh, a lot, a lot went down. So we are going to talk about that. Uh, but this was been, this was about queer eyes. So that's why we want to do the standalone episode about the show. It was nice learning stuff about you guys today. Like every time, like we we either text together or do a podcast together. I feel like I learned something new about the both of you, which is really cool. Yeah, I appreciate that about you guys. Any more thoughts on queer eye before we move on? Um, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I loved it too. Go watch it again. Go, Go watch, watch it, it again. Go watch it. If you're feeling blue, or even if you're not feeling blue, you just want to like keep feeling good. So it was a good season of Queer Eye to watch. So you guys, and thank you guys, uh, Jonathan and Bobby and Tan and Anthony, Karamo and Karamo for all y'all's. You know, vision. follow follow them on Twitter and, and Bruley. Shout out yeah, to Bruley. Oh my God, the yes, French bull, the French bulldog. French I bull. love it. The French bull. When I just had like a huge French bull standing in the loft, like hey, hello, I have some thoughts about this. Uh, forgive me, French people, for that terrible accent. I am. It, I'm not an actor. What do you want from me? You guys have a good week, and we will talk to you very very soon. Uh, stand by for the uh, other episode coming, like back to back to back, and. Uh, I love you guys. Take care of yourself and cheers, queers. Bye, guys. Bye. <sighs>